scripture reading for this morning you can find in Exodus 16. Exodus 16. We'll read the entire chapter. And they, that is, the children of Israel, took their journey from Elam. And all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, At even, then you shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings which ye murmur against him. And what are, what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered, some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning. 
and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and sieve that ye will sieve. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up till the morning as Moses bade, and it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like coriander seed, white. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is the tenth part of an ephah. May God bless the reading of his holy and infallible word to our hearts this morning. Beloved, this morning we'll consider the entire chapter of Exodus 16, but I just want to read right now verses 7 and 8a. Verse 7 and 8a. And in the morning then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full. Children, I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you ever complain? Do you ever complain about the food that your mom sets in front of you on the the dinner table? Do you ever complain about the clothes that your parents provide for you? Or maybe you complain about the place you live. You compare yourself to your friends and the fun they have and the the toys they have, and you complain to your parents. Maybe you complained even this morning about coming to church. You grumbled. So why do we have to go to church? Maybe you're sitting here this morning thinking about How soon this should be over so you can return to your your play and to your toys. Well, this morning I'm not just singling you out as children. 
But I want you to understand, all of us to understand, that if we're honest with ourselves this morning, we all complain to one degree or another about the blessings that God has showered upon us. And that raises the question, where does the complaining spirit come from? Where does a complaining spirit come from? It comes from our hearts. That's, that's obvious. It comes from a thankless heart, a heart that doesn't look at the blessings that God has given us as coming from God Himself. It comes from a thankless heart. Children, how do your parents deal with your complaining? Maybe they explain to you how all of these blessings come from God and how you should be thankful. They address the thanklessness of your heart. And then they go on giving. Maybe they even try harder to give you more in an effort to stop your complaining. Was your parents try to address your complaining and continue to give and maybe even give more? That's a, a picture of how God deals with, with complainers and murmurers. That's what we see in Exodus 16 this morning. You see, murmuring is not only true of children and young people, it's true of, of older people and adults as well. And how does God respond to murmuring? Well, as we answer that question, let's turn to Exodus 16 to see how God deals with the Israelites as they travel through the wilderness, as they complain to God, as they murmur to God. And God teaches them important lessons in depending upon Him for daily provision, for spiritual provision. Our theme is this, manna despite murmuring. Manna despite murmuring. And our first thought we want to look at, the murmuring of the children of Israel. Israel's on the road again after camping out at Elam, that place of, of shade amongst the, the 70 palms, that place of, of the fountains of water where they could drink in abundance, the place of, of Merab just before Elam where God had turned the bitter water into sweet water so that Israel could, could drink to their heart's content, blessing. They had left the place of blessing and now they're between Elam and Sinai in the wilderness of sin. Then in Exodus 16, verse 2, we read a sad statement about where the Israelites are. Not just in terms of location, but in terms of their heart condition. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. No sooner had they left the place of refreshment and they begin to complain. They begin to grumble with ungratefulness in their mouths and in their hearts. This describes, sadly, our hearts too, doesn't it? Our hearts by nature. So often we have to, to battle for contentment, for thankfulness. So often we find ourselves complaining about something or other of God's provision. Maybe we complain against other people like the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron. 
But Moses and Aaron make it clear that our complaints are not merely against people, but always done in the audience of God Himself. That's how we need to understand our complaining. That's the perspective that the Word of God gives to us. Moses says to the children of Israel in verse 7 and 8, Who are we that you're murmuring against us? And then in verse 8, Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Against the Lord. Children, do you ever think about that when you complain to your parents? Your my complaining is not against our parents. It's not against other people. It's against the Lord. It's against God Himself. And that's an offense to God. It's a sin against God Himself. And so this ought to give us pause as we, as we consider our complaining spirits. Whether we speak or think complaints, it's always done in the audience of God. God always hears us. God always knows the thoughts of our hearts. And it's always done against God Himself. Because when God gives us something, it comes from Him not just from our parents or other people. And so where are your hearts this morning? Children? Young people? Parents? Older ones? Do we demonstrate contentment or do we have a complaining spirit about the situation that we find ourselves in? Let's not place ourselves above the Israelites this morning. But examine our, whole, our own hearts and see how soon we are to complain after having experienced God's mercy. He brought us in large measure through this last year of pandemic and, and all, the, uh, all the strictures and all the, the difficulties that accompanied that. It wasn't pleasant for the flesh. But have we learned the lesson of contentment in God Himself? Or do we still have a bitter spirit? Are we complaining against God for what we have experienced? Can we see God's mercy even in the hard things and so thank Him? But here we see how fickle we are. How soon our cravings kick in and we complain against God and we go down that road again. God is calling us not just to examine ourselves, but to rein in our complaining spirits and to develop a heart of contentment by looking beyond the blessings that we've received to see God Himself. And what is the substance of the complaint of the children of Israel? Does their complaint have any merit at all? So often we try to justify our complaining, don't we? Listen to the children of Israel. The camp of the Israelites, there's this murmur, this, this, this hum, if you will, coming from the camp as you hear all the people grumbling. Verse 3, And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt, and we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You see the irrational nature of murmuring and complaining. Their complaint focuses on food. But their complaint about food reveals their heart. 
They would have rather died under the hand of the Lord in Egypt than die of hunger in the wilderness. That's utter foolishness, isn't it? It's unreasonable, it's rash for the children of Israel to say this. Their memories are extremely short regarding their time in Egypt. They forgot the hardship and the bondage that caused them to cry out to God that God heard and He delivered them from that bondage of Egypt. They forget the bondage and they think fondly of the food that they had in Egypt. The parallel account in Numbers, they start listing all the food. The onions and the cucumbers and the garlic and all the things that they had. The flesh pots here and the bread to the full. The children of Israel are fickle and they show the changeableness of the human heart. Dependent on circumstances alone. They forget God's deliverance. They forget God's provision. And they complain to Moses and Aaron, putting these leaders in an impossible position, blaming them for their woes. You brought us into the wilderness to die of hunger. They forget that they're still under the hand of the Lord. That God is still leading them. What does this teach us this morning? It teaches us that a complaining spirit is really forgetfulness of God. A complaining spirit is forgetfulness of God. A complaining spirit is the direct opposite of faith in God's provision and care. A complaining spirit focuses on the present, on present hard circumstances. Glorifying the past in spite of its hardship and bondage because the present does not meet our expectations. A complaining spirit looks everywhere and blames everyone else and forgets to look to the hand and the heart of God to provide. Spiritual memory loss is a dangerous thing. When we forget God in our complaining, we make ourselves liable. We open ourselves up to the judgment of God. It's a serious thing to complain against God. And you would think in light of such complaining that God would come against Israel and destroy them. But as we consider their murmuring, we see God's mercy in our second thought, the mercy displayed in light of that murmuring, displayed over against that murmuring. God doesn't strike them down. God doesn't deal with them according to their murmurings. God deals with them in mercy. In contrast to faithlessness and complaining, God shows abundant mercy. That mercy is shown in several ways to the Israelites in this passage. It's shown in merciful provision. In verses 4 and 5, we read God's response to the Israelites. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven upon you, for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. 
the mercy of God's provision for murmurers and complainers. He will open heaven like the clouds that rain down the rain upon the ground. God will open heaven and rain down food for the Israelites. They thought it would have been better to perish under the hand of the Lord than to die of hunger in the wilderness. But here God comes down. He, he condescends. He, he comes down in mercy to feed the Israelites, this nation of murmurers. What mercy God shows here to Israel in His merciful provision. All this murmuring, all this complaining. And God says, I will rain down bread from heaven. I will rain down bread from heaven. Let's pause for a moment, beloved. And think about what God does for us day by day by day, year after year, month after month, week after week, moment after moment. He rains down bread upon us, doesn't He? Maybe not in the same way as He did for Israel, but He cared for us when the shelves were bare, when the threat was real that there may not be enough food to go around the past year. God provided. He's rained down physical blessing after physical blessing upon us. He's rained gospel message after gospel message upon us. All despite our murmuring, all despite our complaining spirit. What mercy God shows to us, doesn't He? Set in opposition to our murmuring, God shows mercy. Mercy. Why? Why does God show us mercy? Because that's who God is. Because that's who God is. His familiar work is mercy. His strange work is judgment. Israel deserved judgment. You and I deserve judgment. And in some ways, we have seen the finger of God and His judgment. But mercy, mercy comes to the foreground here. Because that's who God is. But He also shows mercy to test the Israelites, to test us, to see whether we will walk in His law, whether we will keep His commandments. The Lord is testing us as individuals. He's testing us as a church. He's testing us as a nation. Mercy to test us. And what is our track record in response to the mercy of God? It's not very good, is it? It doesn't look very promising. We fail this test again and again and again. We receive blessings. We forget them and we forget God. And then we complain for the next thing and we go on our way. We forget His commandments. We forget His law and we become a law unto ourselves. We fail again and we covet again. You see, this brings us back to dependence on the mercy of God to to feed us in this next season for our bodies. We're dependent like Israel on God's merciful provision, not just for physical needs, but also spiritual needs. And so this display of mercy this morning from our text teaches us to take hold on this day of prayer on who God is.
to confess that we failed miserably this test that he set before us, a test of mercy. Let us confess our sin and take hold of that mercy again and say, Lord, we have failed. We need your forgiveness. We need your mercy again to provide for us. We need thy merciful presence. That's the second thing we see here under the theme of mercy. The merciful presence of the Lord. Listen to what Moses tells the people in verse 6b and 7. Then shall ye know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. God speaks to Israel. That's a mercy. God comes to deal with their their short-term memory loss. That's a mercy. Then you will know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And God comes so very low to them and He says, I will show you My presence. I will show you My my glory. God is opening Himself up for the children of Israel. They will be reminded of His glorious presence and their redemption from Egypt. The Lord will demonstrate that He has heard their murmurings again. Those murmurings against Him. That's mercy, isn't it? And here again we learn that murmuring and complaining are ultimately against God, against His person, against His provision. Murmuring and complaining is a direct assault on God Himself. Children, when you complain against your parents, they are hurt. They are hurt because they've done everything they could to provide for you. But when we complain against God, it's a direct assault on God's character. It's a direct assault on God's provision. Let's remember that when we complain. And yet God is willing to show His his glory. That glory will be demonstrated so that Israel will know what God has done in bringing them out of Egypt. God will give them the big picture again. Because in their short-term memory loss, Israel had forgotten God. They, they, They narrowed down their understanding of what God was doing. They could only see the lack of food. They could only hear their growling stomachs. They could only feel the hunger pangs. You see, complaining and murmuring narrows the lens of our spiritual focus. So we see only our needs and wants and not God's overall purpose for our lives to bring us to Him and to sanctify us, to save us, to redeem us. The Lord hears the murmuring and complaining, and He acts. God will show His glory. His presence is with them in spite of their murmuring. This is sheer mercy. Sheer mercy. The congregation, how many tokens and promises we have of God's presence in spite of our murmuring? How many times does God show Himself and His glory in Christ Jesus again and again in the preaching of the gospel. Isn't that what we look forward to at the table this Lord's Day? 
where God shows himself in his mercy to feed our souls with his provision. He will show his glory there in Christ and and make spiritual provision for the souls of his people. He will broaden our vision again to see what he is doing in our lives. Even spiritually, so often we're focused narrowly and we complain and we murmur when we don't have something specific that we think that God has to deliver to us spiritually. But God says, I'm going to show you my glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to broaden the horizons again that you'll see my work and not be so narrowly focused on what you think you need. How the Lord's mercy should silence our complaining and our murmuring. And finally, there's the proof of God's mercy. The presence of God would be manifested at the time of the feeding of Israel, as Moses says in verse 8. In the evening, the meat would fall from heaven, the quails would come. In the morning, the bread would fall from heaven. Then in verses 9 through 10, we see it happening as the Lord had said. Verse 10, came to pass as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. God had not forgotten them. God was with his people, with his children, with the children of Israel. The Lord proves his provision by appearing in his glory to the children of Israel. The proof of God's mercy is right there in front of them. A twofold confirmation. The glory cloud, the presence of God, and then in the morning the, the manna would be there as God had said. Verses 11 and 12, further proof of God's mercy. At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread. They would not just see it, they would taste it. Oh, taste and see. For the Lord is good. The Lord provides proof of his mercy, beloved. What better way to deal with murmuring and complaining than to overwhelm with mercy? That's what God does. He provides, he goes above and beyond provision by proving his word is true in his presence with his people. Children, when you're tempted to murmur and complain, remember this story in the Bible. That God deals with complainers and murmurers by giving them even more than what they need. The Lord has given you everything that you need and more. He appears in His Word again this morning to remind you that He is a God who who saves The point of all the blessings that you receive, all the food and all the drink and all the clothing and the shelter, it is for you to enjoy. But it's to teach you not to end in those things, but to end in God Himself for spiritual provision. He saves from the bondage of sin just like he saved saved Israel from Egypt. He provides spiritual food, just as he provided food for the Israelites and food for you. He reminds you and me that he is still with us, even when it doesn't quite seem like it. Let's be honest, as we looked over this past year. 
Do we honestly say from our heart that we believe that God was with us? We heard it over and over again, but did we believe it? God reminds us again that He is with us in the preaching of the gospel, the administration of the sacraments, His provision for our physical and bodily needs and for our spiritual needs. You see, God is full of mercy for murmurers and complainers. That's why we can come before Him and lay our needs before Him for body and soul. Because God is a God of mercy. But then there's the manna. There's the manna, thirdly, in our third thought. God feeds the people of Israel. It's a miracle, really. It's a miracle. Verses 13 through 15, we see the manna dropped from heaven. It came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp in the morning. The dew lay round about. The dew that lay when that was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, they let, there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. They did not know what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you. The manna dropped from heaven. Just as God said. The manna dropped. The manna gathered. Israel was given specific instruction to gather the manna together. Verses 16 through 21, there's specific instructions. They were to gather the manna according to the need of their families and according to their need for one day. They were not to store until the next morning as implied by Moses' words to the Israelites in verse 19. Moses says there, let no man leave of it till the morning. They were to live on the day-by-day provision that the Lord had given them. They would gather enough for that day. The next day they would gather again. What's the lesson there? They would live by faith from one day to the next, one day at a time, trusting in God's provision. in order to prove that the only way to live was to live by faith. The sun would come up and melt the manna that was not gathered up. They had to be diligent in gathering enough for the day and then trust that they would have sufficient for the day. They were called to live by faith day by day. That's what God calls us to as well, isn't he? Faith in His provision day by day. That's why we have prayer day. So often we lose that focus because we just go to the grocery store, we fill our carts up, we go to the checkout, we go home, we fill our pantries up, and we, we forget. We're called to live by faith, even for the things of this life, in God's provision. The manna dropped The manna gathered, the manna preserved. On the sixth day, they would gather double for the Sabbath day. Verse 22. Verse 23, we read that it would be a day of Sabbath rest. They had to gather double the day before. Verse 24 proves that the Lord would also provide for them on the Sabbath. In a sense, a greater test of faith. Because for the first five days of the week, they were to gather 
for one day at a time. And if they would gather more than one day's supply, that manna would rot and be filled with worms. It wouldn't be good for anything. But then Saturday, God said, you have to, you have to gather double. You can almost hear the, the questions, but, but I thought that it was one day at a time. If we gather double on Saturday, will, will that double supply be spoiled by the time Sunday rolls around? Trust me, God says. Trust me. Trust me. The manna that they would gather, the double portion would be preserved and they would have enough for the Sabbath as well. A beautiful picture of God's supply and a call to the children of Israel to live by faith. The Lord provided enough bread for the Sabbath so Israel could rest, could rest in God. They could rest in God and His provision. We see here how God's provision for food and rest come together so beautifully in this narrative. And yet there were those who were distrustful and thought that God's provision would not be sufficient. They set about not heeding the instructions and they gathered double on the sixth day. But they did not gather double on the sixth day. They went to gather out on the seventh day and there was nothing. Just like God had said there would be nothing if they went out on the seventh day. They didn't believe God. God's word was true for the promise of plenty. And it was true for the promise of nothing on the seventh day. If they went out to gather. The provision of bread and Sabbath rest were to teach the Israelites to rest in the Lord. That's the instruction for us too this morning. For his provision. In verses 28 and 29, we read of the Lord's response to the people who had gathered or tried to gather on the Sabbath and the refusal to heed the command of the Lord. The Lord points out the problem there. It's the heart problem that each one of us has when we ignore God's gracious provision of food and His law to to lead us to rest in His person, in His presence and provision. In spite of murmuring and complaining and disobedience, the Lord still gives His people bread. He still gives you and me bread and invites us to rest in Him alone. The Lord reminds us of these twin truths this morning to find rest in His person every day, but especially on the Sabbath, to rest in His provision for each day, both physical and spiritual provision, to live by faith in who God is. The manna, the manna dropped, the manna gathered, the manna preserved, the manna named. It's an interesting name, this, that the children of Israel give to this substance that falls from heaven. Verses 15 and 31, we read what the children of Israel called this substance that was left each morning. It was a morning miracle every single morning. They called it manna. Quite literally, if it was translated, it would be this. 
What is it? What is it? Manna. What is it? A mystery substance. A heavenly substance that would would feed them and nourish them in their wilderness wanderings. Right up until they would come to the borders of Canaan, God would supply their need every single day. What is it? What would happen every time an Israel, an Israelite would say, manna? They'd be asking the question, what is it? Here's this, what is it? They would be reminded of what it is that the Lord had given them. What is it? A display of God's power on behalf of his people. He opened up heaven and he rained down this manna for the children of Israel to feed them. What is it? A display of God's provision for his people. What is it? A display of God's presence with his people. They would be reminded of that glory cloud that had appeared. What is it? A display of God's undeserved mercy in response to their complaining and murmuring each day. What is it? A means to point the Israelites and you and me to the true manna that came down from heaven, Jesus Christ. It's a good question to ask, isn't it? When you have food on the table, what is it? God's provision for you. What is it? Does it bring you back in dependence upon the Lord for the season ahead, for His power and for His provision, for His presence, for His mercy? Does it remind you to do that physically for your needs, to depend on God? Does it remind you to do that spiritually for your spiritual needs in Christ Jesus, recognizing that the Lord graciously cares for both physical and spiritual needs? God gave them manna. is to remind the Israelites of who God is and what God had done for them. And they were to keep that as a memorial. That's our last thought briefly here, the memorial. So we've seen the murmuring, the mercy, the manna, and now the memorial. The what is it was to be kept in the Ark of the Covenant. An omer of manna was three to five pounds, the tenth part of an ephah. Sunday evening, we heard how much an ephah was, 30 to 50 pounds. A tenth of that would be 3 to 5 pounds. To be kept in a pot in the ark as a perpetual reminder to the Israelites of God's mercy, despite their murmuring. Is a spiritual lesson in reminding the Israelites of their spiritual blindness and hardness of heart that day in the wilderness when their murmuring and complaining caused them to lose sight of where they were in the plan of God's redemption. They failed to remember that God had delivered them from Egypt through His mighty acts. They would see the pot of manna. They would say to the children, manna, What is it? 
As they asked the question, as they said the word manna, they could tell their children how God provided for them day after day. They would tell their children that they ate manna until the borders of Canaan, as we read in verse 35. Perpetual reminder of God's provision each step of the way. A memorial to the promised land and beyond. A memorial that would serve to remind them not just of God's provision, but of redemption as well. It's in this vein that Christ understood the manna, the true Israelite who came who never murmured or complained, but understood what the manna was pointing to. Children, you know the story of John 6. Jesus feeds 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. It's a long chapter. I encourage you to read that chapter. It's a chapter that explains the spiritual significance of the manna as it points to Jesus Christ. Jesus reminds us this morning that life is not in physical manna. John 6, 49, he says, Your fathers that eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. That manna was limited in how it supplied life for the Israelites. It was limited because it was one day's supply at a time. It was limited because it was only for a certain amount of time till they came to the promised land, to the land flowing with milk and honey. It was limited because it was only for their physical needs. It couldn't supply their spiritual needs. They are dead, Jesus says. And then Jesus goes on to say in John 6, 58, this is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. But he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Jesus is referring to himself there. He's that bread that came down from heaven. That's where the manna this morning from this history of the children of Israel brings us. Brings us squarely to the feet of Jesus Christ, who is the manna that was sent from the Father. Heaven opened and Christ came down to feed and nourish complainers and murmurers. To remind us of God's mercy in Christ Jesus. Manna despite murmuring. Mercy despite murmuring. You see how God broadens our horizons this morning? It's not just a focus on physical food. That's important. And God provides that in His mercy. But all of that has a spiritual lesson, a spiritual application to bring us to the mercy of God as it's revealed in Christ Jesus. This is what the history of redemption reveals. All of this was pushing towards Christ who was coming as that manna from heaven. Physical provision to lead us to consider that spiritual provision in Christ. Manna, despite murmuring. So as we face the planting season ahead, 
We see our need of God's mercy in providing crops and food for us. Let's keep the big picture in mind. All of this is is a reminder, a memorial to teach us that man shall not live by bread alone. By every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, by, by humbling ourselves at the feet of Jesus, by eating from Him spiritually in the gospel and at the table for those who are believers next Lord's Day. The theme is this mercy, manna, despite murmuring. This is who God is for murmurers and complainers. He encourages us this morning to take hold of him, to find life in him, to see his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bow before thee this morning. We confess our great need of thy provision for our bodies and for our souls. We thank thee, Lord, that thou hast met that provision not just for our bodies, but also for our souls in Christ Jesus. Lord, we have received showers of blessing. And it's for continued showers of blessing that we beseech Thee. Lord, hear us in spite of our complaining and our murmuring. Feed us till we want no more. Help us to see through the physical provision, to see the spiritual provision in Christ Jesus. Help us not to waste these blessings, but to use them, to improve them, so that we will not rest short of eating that heavenly manna, which is Christ Jesus. So go with us in the rest of this day. Lord, we ask that thou wilt bless our time as families as we pray together as we come together and worship again this evening. Lord, hear us. Deal with us in thy tender mercy. We ask all this now in Jesus' name alone. Amen.